Hello, everybody. This is episode 60 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony. Sitting right next to me, as always, is my pal, Quincy. Uh, hello again, everybody. We continue with part two of our MLB overview, I guess. I would say preview. Preview. That's right. That's what I put in the um, commentary about our podcast. It's an MLB preview for the 2015 season. Yes, sir. Um, Hopefully, you've already listened to our last episode, or episode 59, where we discussed the National League East. And today, we're going to continue the same format, but this time we're looking at the National League Central. A division that we were once very, very familiar with. Yeah, it kind of fallen off ever since the, the Astros left. I uh, Forced out, to be exact. True. true. Uh, I think I, surprisingly, I think I pay attention to the Cubs the most. But that's about it. I can't imagine why. All right, so speaking of the Cubs, that's the first thing we're going to start with. Again, same format as last time. We'll go through the additions and the uh, subtractions, and you just stop me whenever you see you hear one that you want to talk about. All right, sure. First one was the big one: signing John Lester to a six-year, one hundred and fifty-five million-dollar contract. How old is Lester? He is what? Thirty-one. Thirty-one, I believe. What do you think about that six-year deal? We talked about it earlier, you know, during the off-season, I guess. Um, it was you know, definitely the big, one of the first big signings of the off-season. Um, yeah, he's 31 years, 30, yeah, 31 years old. You're right. How do you feel about giving a 31-year-old a six-year deal? Um, bad, especially when it's a 31-year-old pitcher. Uh, it's pitchers break down... Easier than position players do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Lester has been, you know, moderately healthy except for that cancer scare that he had ooh, going back almost seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, this is uh, this is an all-in year. Well, I would say this is all year. I think they're really building towards next year. I think they um, signed Lester just to make us blast, just to say. Okay, we're ready. We have the money. We, we have the money. We can actually spend it on exactly. Okay. Would you rather them sign Lester or Scherzer? That's a good question. Um, I think Scherzer. He's younger. Um, he's he has the potential to be more dominant than Lester going forward. I just feel like Lester was. On the radar for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah, he's got the the, the the old Boston connection with Theo Epstein. All right, moving on. They also signed Jason Hamill, two years, twenty million dollar deal. Uh, David Ross, two years, five million dollars. They traded for Miguel Montero. Traded for Tommy Lastella, says name right this year, and picked up Jacob Turner's one million dollar option for two thousand fifteen. Let's go through a lot of the one-year deals. Again, some of these are arbitration. Jason Mott, Chris Denorfia, uh, Taylor Teagarden, Felix Zabron, let's see, Wellington, Castillo, every time I hear that name, I think of Wellington Beef, Travis Wood, Jake Arrieta, Daniel Barr is still out there. Remember when he was the next big thing for the Red Sox? He was going to be their closer after Papelbon, right? And it never came to fruition. Um... Also, we signed Pedro Strobe, signed Phil Cope, and uh, oh, the last thing I have here. They traded for Dexter Fowler uh, after his one year in Houston. 
We saw Buena and Dan Straley. Players sent to get Fowler. That's correct. You know, I gotta say, I, I kind of like that Montero pickup uh-huh. at catcher. Um, he's got a little bit of pop to add to that already burgeoning potent lineup. Um, especially at a, a position that uh, power is is definitely a premium. Yeah, power is now all across the league. Now that people, I think it's twofold. People don't have the performance enhancing drugs for that little pick me up after you know day game after night games. And I think pitching has really improved. We see more guys coming out of the bullpen hitting 95, 96, 97 than you've ever seen. Yeah, that's for sure. So power, especially at the catcher position, is a premium. Um, you want to go to the substitutions? Uh, yes. No, yeah. So. All right. You already talked about the loss of Luis Valenzuela and Dan Straley traded to Houston. The Dexter Fowler deal. Let's see. Wesley Wright went to Baltimore. Ryan Kalish, Toronto. Uh, Carlos Villanueva signed with St. Louis. And John Baker, catcher, signed with Seattle. Nothing to. Uh, I think it's really gonna. Set them back in maybe further than they already are or were at this point. Thank you. So, give me a burning question, sir. Cole Hamels, do you think they make a run for him? Because I think I was going to say, you said last night that that's how you feel like Cole Hamels is going to make it to Chicago from um, hell or high water. Um, can I ask you what the Cubs would give up for Cole Hamels? I think, hear me out. Okay. I think you could start with Starling Castro. Mm-hmm. And then you've got plenty of prospects surrounding that. Very nice say. Where if you don't include Castro, then you would realistically, they would probably want something like an Addison Russell, a top prospect. But I think if you give up a, a major league proven young, a young major league proven shortstop in Starling Castro, um, the would, prospects you have to you would have to give up wouldn't be that great. I would see if they would take Castro and Bias. Castro and Bias. Mm-hmm. There you go. You have a double team, a double play team for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah. I would see if they want to roll with that. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not really that high on Bias. Sure, sure. I mean, he strikes out way too much, um, even for the power that he does have at, at second. Baseball shortstop. He's play. turning into, you know, he reminds me of uh, Dan Ugler. Ooh, man. Well, think about it. A second baseman who is a lot of home runs but strikes out a lot. Yeah. Is that not Dan Ugler? Was that not his M.O. for seven, eight years? Boy, his career is just getting started. And you're already putting on him and putting that bad mojo on him. Look, Dan Ugler made a lot of money in his career. And he was an all-star a couple of years. So it's not like I'm saying he's trash. But that's what I feel like right now. He's strikes out a ton, doesn't walk that often, uh, has terrible plate recognition and pitch recognition. recognition, And also, he kind of, like, from what I've read, it's like pitchers know how to set him up. Like, they'll throw him a um, – this happened in spring training a couple of games ago. I can't remember the pitcher's name. But he threw him a changeup, and he was out in front of it. Threw him a fastball, and he fouled it off. Boom, that exact same changeup and struck him out on it. Jeez. It's like, okay, thanks for coming. 
good morning, good afternoon, and good night. So, I think he's talented, but I think the best you're going to get out of him is... Whew, it's going to be the Hispanic Dan Ugly. Wow. Prove him wrong, bias. Prove him wrong. That's that's tough. I, yeah, I say that because I think most people don't really look back on those early years. I think everybody's just really flabbergasted by the Oops. the drop the drop off that he that that uh, Ugla uh, displayed like in a span of a year and a half, the past year and a half. So I think that's where comparing to Dan Huggles, you know, jump to that, you jump to that point in his career, not the not the thirty plus one runs. But I think and last year, fifty two games, he hit what's that? Nine home runs was good uh, ratio of power. But how many times he struck out? Sixty. He struck out forty one point five percent of his at bats. Wow. Uh, but, but back to, to Hamels, I mean... Yeah, he struck out 95 times. Jeez. And 50, what, 52 games? Wow. So do you think... Um, you think the Cubs are looking to upgrade? Because I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would want to put that lefty complement at the top of the rotation with, with John Lester. And if they did, then they're clearly going for this year or next. And would put themselves in a good position, especially with the hitting that's coming up. I agree. I think they're in the running, and I definitely think they have the prospects and the money to afford Hamels. Uh, but like I told you yesterday, I just feel like the Red Sox are the team that's going to get them. I don't know why. I just feel like anytime there's a, a high-value free agent or you know high-value um Guy that's playing on a losing team, eventually, like the Red Sox and Yankees are going to swoop in and grab them. Yeah. I've seen that happen too many times. Uh, all right, so let's let's get to uh, the nitty gritty. Let's yeah. get to the nitty gritty, and, and by that I mean this this powerhouse lineup that's on the rise. I mean, Chris Bryant's at third. Uh, who's already hit nine home runs this spring? Mm-hmm. Uh, Baez, who does have the power potential. Anthony Rizzo, who is clearly a thirty home run guy at first base. Jorge Soler, who put up some spectacular numbers in his brief stint last year. Uh, and that's that's just the guys that are going to be there now, you know, or in the very like near future. Uh, you still have guys that the catcher that they drafted last year. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, who's showing a lot of power? Uh, you still have Alcantara, who they're pretty high on. Uh, Addison Russell, who they acquired last year, you know, is a guy that the team is very high on. Clearly, you know they gave up some margin. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see this team in the next? Not well, not just two years, but you know in the next year. Going forward. I see this team uh, like the Atlanta Braves were the past two years, a team with high home runs and high strikeout potential. <laughs> like they're 
man, between third, second catcher and right field, if that's where Soler plays, those are three guys that can strike out like 150 times. <laughs> and second base with Baez, he can strike out 200 times. Uh, but it's going to be, if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, it's, an, it's a fun time because you get to see all these guys, young guys come up and, uh, you know, prove that they're worth the high draft picks and the money that the Cubs use to sign them. You know that not all of them are going to pan out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just the name of the game. I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, we're talking about Chris Bryant. So, do you think he's with the Cubs on opening day? No. There's no way. Uh, I agree with you. And, it's, and there's no reason for him to. For him to be on that roster. As long as the rule is in place, there's no reason for him to be on the major league roster on April 6th. I understand the rules. If he's down for two, three weeks, then they'll get an extra year of uh, control for arbitration. Mm-hmm. They'll keep him until 2021 till, instead of 2020. Sure. Here's my thing. The Cubs are not a small market team. They're not the Royals or the Rays, you know, a team that needs to extra year control because they know they're going to lose a guy to free agency anyway. The Cubs have a boatload of money. As we just saw with this Leicester contract, you were talking about them getting Hamels. Mm-hmm. It's not like they can't offer this guy a contract to keep him in a Cubs uniform for the next 10 years. It's like they're just being cheap. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. I think... You know, as long as this rule is in place, you have to utilize, make the most of the rules that are in place, you know, to help your team. But they have the money to pay him, correct? doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world, but if you are allowed to do this, there's no... That's it's fine. Not a if, you have, of, if you're Chris Bryant and you see this team that has all the money in the world, like you said, spending money, but they won't give you... A big deal contract, or they won't give you a you know let you come up and play on opening day when you're obviously their best option at third. Won't you feel a little bit like all right? I'm getting out of here in six years. No, because they have all the money in the world, and they can they can offer a big time contract later on down the line. That's that's this. So can the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah, but you I mean, who's to say that your team isn't winning at the, the same time they are as well? Um, but here's the thing. I'm going to trust in the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers to win because they've done it compared to the Rays. I mean, compared to the uh, Cubs. Fine. Well, there's nothing. I wouldn't blame him for doing that either. And I certainly don't blame the Cubs for holding out two weeks. But, and here's the thing. You, you talked about, well, they have all this money, but they won't give this guy the big-time contract, are you talking about right now? Because this guy has not proven anything in the major league. I'm talking about the future. Why don't you throw him out there and let him play? He has nothing left to prove in AAA. Yeah, but I'm just saying, the rule is there. Um, Two weeks as opposed to one, a a full year, I mean, that's, come on, that's not a hard choice. You you wouldn't hesitate on that decision either. I, I don't think. And, you know, if he's going to be disgruntled over that, 
anyways, then you weren't going to keep him in the first place. You could have kept him if you just let him play an opening day. Especially if he's your best option, option. And especially if you lose out on a wild card by like two games because you kept this guy down for two weeks. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, when I look at guys that have left their clubs to go sign with the Yankees or to go sign with the Red Sox, uh, when they had a chance to sign, re-sign with their teams, I don't think I've ever heard any of the stories. Well, you know, he was really upset that they kept him in the minors for two weeks, six years ago, before it all, before he really, you know, blossomed into this incredible $100 million player. Uh, whenever I hear these stories of these guys leaving their teams to go sign with the Yankees and the Red Sox, it's not because, oh, well, back when I was a rookie, they kept me down for two weeks. It was, oh, the Yankees offered me the most money. So I can always I'm be mental things. It's going to be like, these guys value money more than they value me. And so you show them that, well, no. you Well, then you put... You value the money too, and you go for the money. Get out. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to blame you for that. Oh, but that's not a coast man, at least. Yeah, okay. But, I, 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 but for me, bottom line is, I don't think he's going to leave the Cubs in six years because he's, he's upset that they kept him in the minors for two weeks six years ago when he was, you know. Who's his agent? Sports. That's all so, I need to say. If you think there isn't an, a, the one agent that would be pissed off about that and hold that against the team for six years, well, that's the it agent. Is that it is Boris. That's the agent yeah, that's, against it's, the team. It's, it's, it's the same thing. If Boris says, well, we don't need to be here because they don't value, he'll listen to Boris and he'll be gone. Because trust me, they if players will listen to Boris because he's got any, every, any and every player the money they want. So if he's like, we're going to play the game and we're not coming back to the Cubs, I guarantee you that uh, Chris Bryant won't be back on the Cubs. Well, as soon as you – well, I, I've known that he's – that Boris is his agent. As soon as you – as soon as I found out that Boris was his agent, before this was even an issue, I could already tell myself, in six years, this guy's going to – he's going to bolt because that's the Scott Boris way. Who's to say – this wouldn't be the same situation if they had kept him on the roster. If, but, in, but in five years, Scott Boris, we're going to see the same situation in the next two or three years when uh, what's their names Harper and Strasburg come up for their after their arbitration because they were kept down the Myers too. Fine. I mean, that's Scott Boris's play, and that's that's fine. He's working in the best interest of the clients, and the team's working in the best interest of the team. That's just how it goes. And you can't blame either side for that. I've never looked... I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever looked down on Scott Boris for holding out more money, for more money on his, for his player. That's his job. I just want the best 25 guys out there on a nightly basis. And Chris Bryant has, has proved that in every facet of the minor leagues and in spring training. There's not you cannot sit here and say he doesn't deserve to play over Mike Old, who is you talk about guys who prove nothing in the major league, there's a guy who's done nothing in his time in the majors. Fine. But we're talking about a guy who everybody has high expectations on. 
and who wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to keep him for an extra year if you can't? And if it's, if it's that much of a problem for, for you and for anybody else, then they need to change the rule. But until then... I'm just talking about winning, okay? I'm not worried about some stupid rule. I'm talking about winning. Two weeks isn't going to make a big difference. Two weeks doesn't make the big difference. When we've seen the past, oh, I don't know, three, four years come down to the last two weeks? The first two weeks are going to make a big difference because they're going to... They're probably not going to be any good anyways in those first two weeks, even with Chris Bryant. Okay, I'll let you just keep that. No, I don't blame anybody for how they're handling it. I don't blame the Cubs for doing this. I don't blame Morris in six years for shipping his guy out to the Yankees. Okay. What's the next question? Uh, that's all I've got. I really don't care about the Cubs other than what these guys are going to do. I mean, what, what these young guys are doing. Um, as far as I know, that bullpen is pretty shaky. It's nothing to write home about. Is it right home or right home? Either one suffices. Okay, I never know. Alright, so give me your bounce back player for the Cubs. Ooh, bounce back player. Um, oops. Yeah, I, I can't think of anybody that is due for a bounce back. Uh, maybe Jason Hamill. Because he had a really good start to last season when he got traded to the Athletics. They got hammered the rest of the rest of the year with the athletics. So yeah, I'll go with Jason Hammond. He was coming back home to the or coming back to the Cubs. I'm going with Miguel Montero. Last two years out in Arizona have not been kind with him. Hit mm-hmm. two thirty in two thousand thirteen, two forty three in two thousand fourteen. Um, power went down. That's a little disturbing that he couldn't hit out and chase Phil, which is like a hitter's paradise. But I think he have a nice bounce back. I'm thinking like 258 and 13 runs for him. I think um, it's not the best hitter's part, and he definitely taking the uh, downgrade. But I think whatever was bothering him in Arizona, probably the GM and all the issues, the grit and grind Diamondbacks have had, maybe he'll find a little more freedom in Chicago. And even though, and it's hard to it's hard to actually, it's hard to believe he was saying this, but even though he was in a lineup with Paul Goldschmidt uh, for those two years, um, it seems like he's going to go to a better lineup this year, and maybe he'll get better pitches to hit. Um, he's got someone like Rizzo and someone like Castro. Um, Castro especially who makes a lot of contact and who um, has had over 200 hits in a season in the past. Um, and then, you know, when guys like Bryant are up and, you know, hopefully Solaire is uh, connecting, you know, connecting well. Uh, it seems like he's gonna, he's coming to a better line, so I, I can see that. I can see him having to bounce back here. All right. Uh, regression candidate. <sighs> regression candidate? Uh, I'm going to... S- I'm going to say John Lester. You know, he's, he is 31. Um, he pitched in, you know, he pitched in the postseason last year again, you know, and I think an extra year 
uh, or another another year older and another year of, of extra baseball. Um, eventually, Wilton is going to catch up to these guys, and, and this could very well be that year where um, he's not as sharp as uh, you're used to seeing him. Uh, I'm taking Dexter Fowler. Um, <laughs> How much more regression can this guy? Coming off a year, he had 276 with the Astros. He missed a bunch of games. He did. He missed uh, about 66 games. All right. Yeah, 66 games last year. Um, it's just the re- really one thing that I, when I'm looking at his stats, the two things that stick out to me are Coors Field and Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just like Montero, he's going to a worse hitter's park. But unlike Montero, I don't think he'll be able to bounce back. I expect his numbers to go down. I wouldn't be surprised if he is he is not on the Cubs by the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's just – I can see that as well. He is suddenly a guy who's been on two – who will have been on two teams that – um, are bringing up some top prospects and taking up, you know, he's taking up the space, taking up a spot, and uh, he's, he's got, he's gonna have to go. Don't have to get home, but you gotta get up out of here. Um, next one, breakout candidate. Solaire. I think the the brief time he spent. On the big leagues, on the big league roster last year, um, he hit what five home runs, nine home runs, in only like two or three weeks. You're asking me to look this up? Yes, I almost said. I don't know what the Cubs did last year. Again, we weren't really paying attention to him except for fantasy. <laughs> five home runs in 24 games. Another guy with a high strikeout struck out 24 percent of the times. One four. Hmm. But he did hit 290, which that's a good bad nap is because when he hit the ball, he's able to get on base. When he actually got to hold the ball, he hit 339 mm-hmm. when he put in the field of play. So as long as he doesn't strike out, he'll be all right. That's your boy, Jorge sure. Soler. Sure, why not? I'm planting my flag and I'm rolling <laughs> with Chris, Chris Bryant. Uh, this guy is going to make me sick because the Astros could have drafted him two years ago and did not. They went with Appel instead. Uh, I've discussed among ways. This guy is going to be a star. He's not going to be, you know, the next uh, Mike Trout or I'm trying to think. It's a great third baseman. I can't think of one right now. Uh, I think he'll be a better version of. Troy Gloss. The name that has been... That's the, the, the most prominent name that's come up. Well, he, he has the same body size. He's a big guy playing third. I just think he won't be as well defensively as Gloss was. Mm-hmm. But I still but I think the power and the, the um, bat will definitely make up for it. I roll with Chris Bryant. Uh, towel toss. Who you got? Oh boy, um, I think Castro. Really? He's, he's he's the veteran of that team, of the offense. 
He's able to set the tone. I mean, he gets on base. Um, he's got a little bit of pop. And he's he's okay defensively. He's not that great, but I don't, I don't believe. Um, but I think he's he's feisty enough to where they would they would be in trouble without it. I can't pay Castro for one reason and one reason only. Because they were looking to trade him last year. You can't be the towel toss player your team is trying to trade, actively trying to trade you. Um, I'm going with the best here on the team right now and Anthony Rizzo. Because if he goes down, like I said, last podcast with the Washington Nationals and their catcher, he goes down, there's nothing behind him. Right now, their death chart says if Rizzo goes down, Mike Holt is playing behind him. You have any faith in Mike Holt? Because I don't. So Rizzo, you know, he has. Not two, a long time. Yeah. 270, 275 band average. He'll knock in about 25, 30 home runs. Yeah, I mean, he's the anchor in that lineup. And if they lose him, it becomes. It, that team becomes nothing but feast and fan, or famine. Either striking out a bunch or hitting home runs. And without him, you know. It's a lot of famine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're going to. Uh, Without Rizzo on the team, pitchers will find it easier to just toy with those young guys. Um, so over under for the Chicago Cubs, 82 and a half wins. I'm going to say under. I think they're close to making a big splash. Uh, I don't think they're there quite yet. That offense is going to be top notch, but they still haven't solidified that pitching side, both in, in the rotation and um, the bullpen. I'm going over just because it won't be that difficult. For, how difficult will it be for them to win 10 more games with Lester pitching? They have Hamels back, Montel, uh, Montero, Tommy LaSella will handle second base if they trade Baez or if they trade Castro and put Baez as a shortstop. And, you know, I brag about Dexter Fowler, but he's still a decent defensive center fielder. Plus, of course, my boy Chris Bryant. So I feel like ten game, ten game improvement won't be that much for them. I'm going over. Okay. All right. Bold prediction. Uh, Hamels will be on the team. Who? Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels will get trade. Uh, will be traded to the Cubs. It'll probably probably be with Castro, for Castro, and, and a couple prospects. Hmm. I was going to say that Castro wouldn't be on the team, but you kind of already took that. Um, I think of something. Okay, Chris Bryant, both Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo will be in the top five home runs this year. Okay. Going to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, Cincinnati Reds last year went 76 and 89. You ready for all the exciting things they did this year? So they picked up Johnny Cueto's $10 million option in 2015. Uh, Let's see. Traded for Marlon Burr. We all talked about that in the Philadelphia part. Uh, They gave Devin Morasco a four year, $28 million contract. Can't argue with that. Todd Frazier got two years, twelve million. 
Uh, a couple of one-year deals, mostly for arbitration. Daniel Cabrera, Aroldis Chapman, uh, Mark Leak, and Zach Kozak. Mark Leak? I think I Mike Leak. Yeah. Can you read my own handwriting? Uh, anything in particular? No, not from those signings. And those are just standard deals for guys that um, just pushing back the inevitable with Plato. But he's going to have to get paid either by the Reds. Or yeah, he's not going to be by the Reds. I can tell you that already. Yeah. Um, so this one picture is on the scene. I cannot see him. Okay, let's see subtraction. We talked about Matt Latos traded to uh, Miami all season. Alfredo Simon or the Seaman? Simone. Simone. Uh, whatever. Simone traded to Detroit, uh, who had a really good first half of 2014. Then it all kind of broke down. What? One of what? 12 games? Yeah. First half. I think you're right. Let me check. Where are you, Mr. Simone? Went 15 and 10 last year. I'll tell you, I think losing Simone and Latos is. That's a pretty rough pair to lose. Two guys are capable, I mean, clearly, they're capable of bringing home 15 wins apiece. Uh, I mean, that's a lot to make up. Your uh, your rotation uh, your rotation guys that are battling out during spring training. If you're if you're battling for a rotation spot, then uh, you're probably not a guy that's working to win 15 games. You want to talk about uh, Simon last year? Here's his ERA per month uh, last year: In March and April, 1.6; May, 4.45. June 2.66, July 2.97. So you're like, okay, he just had that one rough month. August 4.98, September and October 4.34. Well, clearly, he just he just uh, the shut balloon it down. popped and he fell to earth. He shut it down for the rest of the year. Yeah, shut it down. Let's go home. Um, yeah, do you have any questions about this team? I, I just have one. Uh, we're, we're going to see a bounce back from bottom. Yes, he's not your prototypical first baseman. He's not going to hit a bunch of home runs and drive in RBIs. He's more of a guy who he'll get his hits, but he's about getting on base. Yeah, um, he's like what's your guy I'm looking for? Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs is more about getting on base any way he could. Instead of just, you know, swinging at the ball or trying to get a hit. And that was before we understood the value of on-base percentage. Right. And I, I still think Votto is a great player. I don't think he'll be that MVP-type level again. Uh, but I, I really see a bounce back for him. It'll be better, anything better than last year. I have to actually, what did he do last year? Let Six home runs, uh, He never really... Joey Votto last year. Six home runs. Third, uh, 23 RBIs, but he only played in 62 games. Yeah, he never really recovered from that knee injury back in 2013, I believe. 
I'm looking at I'm looking them up right now. If we ever get a studio, my first demand is gonna be high high speed internet. <laughs> 2013, that's when he won the MVP. Hit 305, 24 home runs. Was it? Yeah. That was it. No, I'm sorry. It was 2012. 2012, he hit 337, 14 home runs, and 56 RBIs. What? No, that was... Then it must... It was either 2010 or 2011. This guy does not... He has not knocked in more than 80 RBIs since 2011. Wow. In 2010, he knocked in 113 RBI. Knocked in 113 runs. 2012, 13, 14, he knocked in a total of... What's that? Let me do math. Not so good right now. 5, 12, 13, 14, 15. In the three years prior, he's knocked in 152 runs. Alright, uh, so hopefully he's due for a bounce back. Uh, he's still, he's got a pretty big contract. He's got a, he's got a huge contract. Well, 10 years, uh, $225 million, and he's 31 years old. Well, that's tough. Man, that, I don't understand how, especially a quote-unquote small market team like the Reds could give that much money to a guy who was already into his late 20s. Let's see. And it just gets worse. Okay, they're paying him because the contract actually kicked in last year. So here's here's the total for the next three years. It's 14 million, 20 million, and then 22 million. And then for the next one, two, three, four, five, six years after that, it's $25 million per year. Largest contract ever signed by a non-free agent. God. Well, it ain't tricking if you can get it, and congratulations to his uh, agent. That is. Man, they pulled the wool over the Reds' eyes. I don't understand how they can give a guy, at that time, he would have been 29. Excuse me. A 10-year deal. I mean, it wasn't like this guy was Alex Rodriguez, you know, coming off being, what, 26 and getting the, his 12-year deal. Right. Oh, man. You know, at that time, Alex Rodriguez already was the best in the game. And Votto was one of the best first basemen. Okay. Top five? Yeah. But not That's even one of the best players in the game. Yeah. That's a ridiculous amount. Um, and then they signed Homer Bailey to... Oh, yeah. It's a $100 million contract. Is it really? Yeah. I am really on Homer Bay. Awesome baseball name. I just have to say that real quick. Nice family, by the way. Oh, you have a man's family? Yeah. I used to work work the games. Talk to his dad. He's a nice guy. You know who I found had, like, the nicest parents? Chipper Jones. Really? Yeah, his dad and his mother during his uh his last year of retirement when they came to Houston, they were as nice as, as you can be. It's good to know. Yeah. Southern hospitality. Yeah, exactly. 
There's a story about that, about when people come down. Okay, you know, our listeners, that Houston is full of... Uh, Transplants? Hmm. I was going to say assholes, which I can say because I'll leave it out later. But um, when people from up north are, are come down here, they're like, oh, everybody's here is so nice. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and like, yeah, you guys are so nice and so friendly and everything like that. Like, oh, okay. So apparently up in New York and Boston and places like that, they, they just must spit on each other if we seem <laughs> that nice. All right. Yeah, definitely, definitely has its moments. You were right. Homer Bailey, six years, $105 million contract signed in 2000, uh, from 2014 to 2019. Oof. I just don't understand how they can pay that much money to two players who, you know, aren't the top guys. Uh, anything else you want to say on the Reds? Yeah. Um, is... Chapman, I mean, is this, will we ever see him as a starting pitcher? No, or is this, this is no, it. This is it. He's, he's come out on record and said that he doesn't like to start. Okay. So that why put him in a position he's not comfortable with? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it clearly seemed like this was it, like he's set mm-hmm. as the closer just because it's been three years now. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, there was – he was signed with all the hype, you know, to be a 100-mile-an-hour – Hundred mile per hour starting pitcher, but uh, you know it just never panned out. Yeah. And Phil did great. Yes. All right. So let's move on. Who is your bounce back player? I think we're picking the same guy. <laughs> uh, who are you gonna pick? It's got to be Votto. Joy Votto. Yeah. I mean, as long as he plays. More than 80 games, hit bounce back for this team. I still don't see him getting more than 80 RBIs, <laughs> but I think he, I think he still can hit 300. I think he has one more great batting average year in. Who'd you pick? Um, uh, I'm gonna give him one last hurrah, and I'm not gonna let Brandon Phillips just be different. I mean, not Joe Votto just be different. I go with Brandon Phillips. He is clearly, you know, near, nearing the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, what, 33? He did eight home runs last year, which is the first home in the what? I'm like, uh, how are you like, pulling out these numbers out of, the, out of your head? It's like you got your phone. Yeah, uh, it's like the first time in almost 10 years it didn't hit double-digit home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, only played in 121 games last year. Uh, struck out. 74 times in 121 games, that's quite a few times. So, yeah, I think, why not? I think he's due for one last, one last. One last husband. Hurrah. Yeah. All right, give me your regression player. Regression player? Uh, Who was really good last year? Todd Frazier, Devin Maserocco. Maserocco. Agreed. Unlike you, I just picked the guy that I. Last day, like, I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> Last year, hit 25 home runs with a 273 at batting average. And a lot of that was helped by, you know, the Great American Ballpark. Mm-hmm. But still, ah, man. I think, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good catcher. 
Um, he's good at the, on defense, but I think that average is just way too high. I think he's a, in reality, he's about a 250, 245 hitter. And wouldn't you say that not making the All-Star team would be an automatic regression? Yeah. Because he, I, like, yeah, I guess so. He could very well miss the All-Star team. But also one of those things that you can miss the All-Star team just because someone played better. Okay. If he yeah. stays at the same level and let's say, you know, Buster Posey and Jonathan Lucori and then someone like Travis Denard just pops out of nowhere and just has an excellent year. Right. So that could happen. Um, that's the same guy. Breakout player. Breakout player. Um, gosh. Can I say Billy Hamilton? You can. I don't know if I'll buy it. I mean, I don't know if that's what I'm asking. It's like, is it really a breakout? Because he he did have a good year last year, even though the bad average. No. We made a bad, bad average and we split. I'm going to say no because he exceeded, I think, what most people thought his batting average would be. Uh, and he stole all the bases that people were expecting him to steal. So, okay. no, I think he... I don't think he's due for a breakout year because he did pretty much everything that people were anticipating him to do um, and then added, you know, a higher batting average than most people uh, would have thought. So, but my my regression candidate, I think, not regression, uh, breakout, breakout. Um, here's the problem: there's not many. There's right on this team. There not that many young guys, and the young guys that are on this team, you would say they already broke out, like Mesoraco, uh, Fraser, and Hamilton. I mean, unless you, Jay Bruce would have been a candidate for a bounce back. Yeah. He's needed to bounce back for the last two years. This goes back to a question I want to ask you. I forgot about it earlier. The Reds, it seems like they are just like in the middle of the pack. They're not good enough to make a run at the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to, you know, just be Phillies. I agree, absolutely. Like, I think they need to do one of two things, either – Go after a couple stars and make a run to the World Series, or just blow it up. And you know they're small market, so it's most likely they're just going to blow it up and just you know take the hate from their fans. Right. Um. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Hard to pick a you know breakout. Don't candidate. don't feel bad. We can just say no one because I'm looking at the pitchers too. And yeah. It's like I was going to say Mike Leake, but he pitched 200 innings last year. I'll say Anthony D. Scalafini. Who is more likely going to be the fifth starter? He was acquired in the Latos trade. Hmm. Um, he was a ranked prospect for the for the Marlins. I guess that's what I'm going with too. Um, Looks like it's in between him or Rasil Iglesias. Yeah. So if I mess up the Hispanic names, you have to forgive me. <laughs> I mess up my own name sometimes. Um, I'm gonna go with you. That's the only like young guy seeing the scene. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Towel toss. Quato? I mean, Quato or Rizzo? I mean, I'm sorry, Quato and Votto. Like the, the uh, no, I, I don't count Votto because they did last year and then they still survived. Pretty much. Yeah. I agree. Quato or Chapman? 
if, if it comes between those two, I'd give it to Cueto just because starting pitcher is more important than closing. Because you can find you can find people to close twenty to thirty games. The Astros have been doing it for the past three years. It's hard to find that ace number one starter. True. Yeah. So I agree with you. If he goes down, if Cueto goes down, this team is gonna just it's gonna start selling like it's a, a garage sale. It's gonna be over. Uh, over under seventy seven and a half wins. Under. Yeah. Agreed. You lost two guys that could. Very well win 15 games each. One of which did actually win 15 games last year. In Simone, and they're both gone. In Simone. Feels so fancy when I said it. El Simone. Um, I'm going under as well. Just because I feel like, like I said earlier, they're one of those teams that are right in, they're in the middle of the pack. And what's more likely? Everybody on this team getting hot for one year and they're making the playoffs, or one bad injury happens to Cueto, Votto, um, Todd Frazier, Mezzarocco, and all just going down the tubes. Uh, I think the the, the latter is more likely to happen. That's why I'm going that way. Uh, bold prediction. They trade Cueto. Uh, the, the, by the All-Star They blow it up and decide to trade for it. Bold prediction for me, Brandon Phillips hits under 240. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. All right, who's up next? Milwaukee. Ugh. All right, the Brew Crew. Let's start with what they did this year. Last year, the Rocky Brewers made it over Mount 500, finishing the year 82 and 80. Right, let's go through the transaction. You ready? Oh, uh, as far as additions, they traded for Adam Lynn from Toronto. Uh, uh, they exercised a $14 million option on Aramis Marrures. You don't say, that's your boy, remember? <laughs> uh, one year deal with Gerardo Parra. Oh man, I like anything this team did. Well, you know what? Let's let's change it up then. because mm-hmm. instead of going through all these transactions, uh, they got rid of Gallardo. Yes. Okay. Okay. So after that, um, I think it's safe to say that this team has a pretty stout offense. Has the potential for a pretty stout offense. They just clearly need help with pitching. Man, let's go to the depth chart. Let's see who this Brewers starting pitchers are right now. Matt Garza, Kyle Loesch, Willie Peralta, Mike Fears, Jimmy Nelson. I swear I saw... Was that Fears? No, that was... Okay, I was someone else. But yeah. So besides Nelson, who was a prospect and projected to possibly... Fears or Fires? I don't know. Fires. Fires, Okay. Except, except for Nelson, who, like I said, is a prospect and is, you know, ranked at least for that team to be a, like a number one starter or number two starter. The rest of your rotation is 
It's, it's a three and fours. Three and fours. One through five are three and fours, essentially. One through four are all three and fours. Um, those names sound really good. I think it would sound a lot better if you had a Max Scherzer or a Felix Hernandez in front of Well, every team would sound better like that. Pretty much. Um, I feel like we're going to zoom through these guys in the Pirates. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just, just basically, where is this team going? Until they get pitching, where is this team going? The same place the Reds are going. Just treading water. water. Treading water. That's all they're doing. You have any interesting questions about this team? None whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I like the offense. They like, are so bland. But with a good, potentially good offense. I mean, Braun should have a, a good bounce back here. <laughs> yeah, give me my BBs on. I can Braun, make that joke. Yeah. Braun should have a bounce back here. Who I'll, I'll go as my bounce back player candidate. We're uh, skipping ahead. Sure. I mean, we, we want to breeze. Through. There's really not much more to say about this team. Chris Davis is going to have a better season. He's only getting better, it seems like. Chris uh, Davis. How did he do last year? Let me check that out real quick. Last year, Chris Davis. That's Chris with a K. 22 home runs, 240 bad average. Well, he only struck. He struck out twenty two percent of the time. So I think he's he's due for an increase in production, um, especially with a healthy Braun in the lineup. With Carlos Gomez already in the lineup, who's still getting better. Um, Ramirez, who is probably winding down. Probably. I mean, you know, he's in the next yeah boy. The next one to two years. I he's think. on the back nine, as we like yeah. to say. Uh, Gene Segura should have a bounce back season. He should have a better yeah, boy. He used to be. He was on your fantasy team. He was, and he was, no, two years ago. Two years ago, pretty good. Yeah, I thought you had him last year. Might have started out. With him, he, I swear, you set far out with him, and then you just said, "F this," and gave up on jump ship. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he's on my fantasy team now. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's the Quincy never learns. <laughs> Jonathan Lucroy as your catcher, all-star caliber catcher, one of the best pitch framers in the business. Yeah, I mean, clearly this offense is. Right now, this offense, I think, is better than the Cubs' offense until Bryant and those other guys arrive and fully mature. Really? Absolutely. Let's see. Okay, let's go position by position. Lucroy versus... Um, Montero. Montero. Lucroy. Uh, Adam Lynn versus Rizzo. Rizzo. For sure. Uh, second base is Scooter Jeanette against uh, Baez. Jeanette. Man, hold on one second. Because Scooter Jeanette is going to get, last year he had 289, projected to hit 275. He'll get you a handful of home runs. Hmm. And you don't need it. I mean, look, it's it's great if you have the power potential at second base like Baez does. But when you strike, when you do strike out that much, that's always and, a hindrance. And Jeanette is better defensively. So, yeah, I'm going to read you right there. At shortstop, Gene Segura versus... Uh, Castro. Castro. Uh, I'll take Castro. Him. Yeah, I'll take Castro. I'll take Castro. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, third base, Ramos Ramirez versus Chris Bryant. Ramirez. Right now, you have to take Ramirez. Ramirez is a proven. You can take Major Ramirez. I'm still taking Chris Bryant. <laughs> okay. I, I just said the guy was going to be top five in home runs. I got to. I planted that flag, and I got to stand there next to it, son. Uh, but Ramirez has already been in top five in home runs at one certain one point in his career. Has he? I believe he has. Man. Oh, I do. 
Oh, it's Cubs days. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, and left field, Chris Davis against. If not Soler, Soler's supposed to be playing right. Alcantara, maybe? Yeah. Davis. I agree. Uh, Carlos Gomez versus Dexter Fowler. I'm going Gomez all day. Of course. Braun versus Soler. Braun. Well, as long as he gets his medicine. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But you would take Chicago's pitching. Well, just with John Lester. I mean, you put Lester John Lester and in front of Yeah. You put John Lester in front of Garza <laughs> and uh, and Fires and Peralta. That's really good rotation. But you take, but there's no John Lester in that rotation. So it's like you said, threes and fours. Was it possible the Brewers might be a little bit better than we think? Because how we compare them to the Cubs? Yes, but that's because their threes and fours are. Yeah, I have no. Are, I have no faith in their pitching. Are. Primed to be steady pitchers, but nothing spectacular. Like a three and a four should be. <laughs> Just enough to get you there. Pretty much. Um, look for Brewers, Brewers, Brewers. Okay. Uh, so you already gave me your bounce back player. From? From my, I'm going Gene Segura. Just to be a little different. I, I really haven't looked too much through the sure, Brewers, no, no. so I'm picking Segura. I think last year was just... You know, a sophomore slump, but yeah. won't hit him. I I don't think he's going to hit 300, but he can be a serviceable, serviceable shortstop if he hits 270, 275 with decent defense. Um, regression cannon. Regression cannon for the Brewers. Um, I'll go with Gomez. I think he's still capable of having a really good year, but why are you cursing the fans, uh, uh, son? But I think he'll he'll take a step back, mm-hmm. just just a small. Uh, I'm going with Aram Ramirez just for one reason: Father Time stays undefeated. Gotcha. He'll be 36 going into the season. Wow. Um, man, him and Beltre. I really we'll talk about Beltre later, but I feel like. They're going to both, you know, take a step back. Uh, what's the next one? Breakout candidate. Breakout candidates? Um, gosh. Who's potential breakout candidate? Jimmy Nelson. Um, I'll go... Gene Segura. Can you go break out Cannon for a guy who's already broken out? True. No, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Scooter Jeanette. Okay. Yeah. Just to be different, I'm going Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy! For no reason other than we're just flying through this. Towel toss. I guess now it's Gomez. There's only two t- uh, players I can think of. It's either Gomez or it's Luke Roy. I'll, I'll go Gomez. I'll go Luke Roy. They're both great defenders, but again, with a team full of threes and fours, 
you want to have a catcher that can get that extra strike for his pitch framing. Sure. Uh, see, the Brew Crew over under 78 and a half wins. Uh, somebody's got to go over. I'll, I'll say over. Someone has to go over. No, they do not. Um, but like barely to sell it. 79 wins. I feel the same way about the under. They're just going to be under by like 75, 76 wins. That's what we're going to do. Bold prediction? Oh, God. I was going to ask you that, so I give me time to look up the next team. <laughs> um, man, bold prediction on this team. So there we have our regression candidates and um, Lucroy and Gomez. <sighs> Is Carlos Gomez not getting suspended for punching someone? A bold prediction? <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, you guys are punks. Um, I'll say Braun finishes top five MVP. Is that really that bold? I mean, he already won it. Yeah, but he's had two injury plague seasons and uh, still hasn't really shaken off the PED scandal. And, well, I feel like if they haven't shaken up yet, they're not going to vote them that high. Because there are some vindictive voters um, out there. Maybe a bunch of tough guys. I agree. Uh, I'm going with the hitter. I'm going with Chris Davis. I think he, well prediction, he hits 35 home runs and makes the all-star team this year. That is bold. Old predictions sure to go terribly, terribly wrong. Alright, moving on to Pittsburgh. Another team we might just zoom on through. Pittsburgh last year went 88 and 74. Let's see, as far as additions and subtractions, resign. Brought back AJ Burnett for one year, $8.5 million contract. Francisco Luriano. Yep, boy. Oh, no. oh, buddy, Kyle's boy. oh yeah, Kyle's boy. Kyle's not listening to this. So Kyle, <laughs> your boy, brought him back with a three-year, thirty-nine million-dollar contract. Let's see, Corey Hart, one year, two point five million dollars. Wander Arikas is still in the league. <laughs> Sound with the Braves? Can you believe that? Guys, assigned a one-year deal for arbitration. Travis Snyder, Sean Rodriguez, Tony Watson, Antonio Bastardo, Francisco Savelli, Josh Harrison, yeah boy, Jerry Hughes, Mark Melanson, first try, Chris Stewart, uh, Jin Ho Kong. Uh, where was that one guy? Oh yeah, it's him, Kang. I'm sorry, Jin Ho Kang. That's the uh, player from the Korean League. They, so they signed to a four-year, eleven million-dollar contract. Somehow he ended up on my team. Not really sure how I feel about that. More arbitration. Neil Walker, one year, eight million. Uh, Vance Worley, one year. Pedro Alvarez, one year, five point seven five million dollars. You want to go through the losses real quick? Sure. Are you paying attention? Sure. <laughs> Damn. They lost Russell Martin to the Toronto Blue Jays. Ike Davis, they traded to Toronto. 
Clint Barmas signed with San Diego. Ezra Volquez signed with the Royals. We'll talk about that later when we get to the AL. And that's about it. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Pirates. How do you feel about them? They're kind of in the same boat as Milwaukee. Really? Good lineup, just not enough pitching. Here's here's my burning question. Does Garrett Cole finally put it all together this year? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have nothing to back that up with. Uh, I think he stays healthy this year, and he is the ace of the team. I I think Francisco Laureano would be a perfect two for him, and apparently A.J. Burnett is working on a changeup. Because his fastball is no longer, you know, quote unquote fast. It's like uh, maxing out at like 90 or 91 miles an hour. So we're trying to incorporate a change up just to confuse hitters, which hopefully works out for him. Man, AJ Burnett's been in the league for 10, 12 years? Longer than that. Because he's with the Marlins that won the World Series back in 2003, right? Yes. So before they, just after they won the first. Just before he's been in, he, yeah, he's been around since '99. Yep. Guys, I went to junior high, high school, and college while he was in the league. Um, any burning questions about the Pirates? Um, no, I think really it all focuses around Cole until they get some more pitching prospects up there. Um, because you pretty much know what you're going to get out of McCutcheon. So I have a question about you, speaking about McCutcheon. The Pittsburgh Pirates have the best outfield in the league. you got Starling Marte, Andrew McCutcheon, and Gregory Polanco. Um, they have one of the best outfields. Who would you say is better? Or up to par with them? Uh, let's run through some teams. Nationals, I'm just gonna name teams. Think of the outfielders. No. Dodgers. Maybe the Brewers. Really? Yeah, if Braun bounces back. Gomez and Davis. I think I still take the Pirates on as well. The Angels have a great outfield, even if it was just Mike Trout and you and me playing <laughs> out there. Um, the Marlins. Yes. We talked about them last night. Yep. That's serious. So they have one of the best. Hmm. I would say top five outfield in all of baseball. Maybe top three. Top three. I'd only put the Marlins and I'm pretty sure the team I'm forgetting about. But the Marlins and the Brewers up there. Yeah, that's it. Marlins and Brewers as far as I can see. But back to your point, you're talking about Andrew McCutcheon. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of McCutcheon. An MVP type season. Mm-hmm. As um, long as he's healthy. He's right. been battling some issues in spring training. Back? Is the back? Um, let me check. I saw he was hurt, but I don't know what it was. Because he dealt with a lat issue last season. Um, so, yeah, like I said, as long as he's healthy, you pretty much know what you're going to get from a touching. I like how it says lower body, so we're going to go with back. <laughs> Thanks, uh, guys. That's like hockey when they say, oh, he's out with a lower body injury. Marte and Polanco should be better. They should continue to improve. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Got a lot of power with Alvarez, just way too many strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you know, first baseman that hits for a lot of power but strikes out a lot. Yeah, he's not the first, and he won't be the last mm-hmm. to do that. So, um, kind of like Chris Carter, except I think he's better defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go through. So it's not. It's what do you think about Josh Harrison? I know I ranted against him last year, making the All Star game. Right. Um, he's my candidate for regression. Yeah. yeah, agreed. We're going to talk about that. There's a big flashing light that says regression. Last year, I mean, what did he hit last year? Last year he was three fifteen, thirteen home runs, fifty two RBIs. I think the average is going to drop down to somewhere around 270, 280. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably still hit the same amount of home runs. I just feel like he he got a little lucky last year. His bat, his bat, batting average on balls in play was 353. That is Miguel Cabrera-like. Oh, I will say that while I think he's due for regression this year. He also stole 18 bases. Going forward, I think he'll actually improve. Uh, because this is going to be a year where they've got to find a spot somewhere, somewhere, where he was a utility player. Right now they have him playing third base. Okay. Um, I'm thinking he's going to Matt Carpenter. No, I'm thinking if there's a player I would compare him to, Matt Carpenter, just a third baseman who's going to give you a decent batting average and a little pop. Sure. It's a... Yeah. That's one thing we don't do. You ever notice that on TV whenever they have a Latin guy, they try to describe him, they always pick another Latin guy to pick him? <laughs> That's racist, yo. I've been saying for a year now that um, George Springer is a rich man's... Um, <sighs> Mike Cameron. Yes. Yeah. All the athleticism... Yeah, top. Top, and he'll strike out much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good lineup. I just think the pitching has to be improved. The the start, the rotation. I mean, you've got a pretty lights out guy in Melanson as your closer. Uh-huh. Um, but after Cole, Garrett Cole, you have a bunch of old guys. And it's time for guys like James Italian who. Yeah, Tommy last John year. last year. Uh, it's time for him to step up. It's Same thing with Charlie Morton. Yeah. And Vance Worley. I mean, he's had an up and down ride ever since he broke in with the Phillies a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Time for those guys to step up and prove what they're worth. It's time to see what Tyler Glass now, uh, yeah. one of their top prospects, is all about. Um, I think after 2016, it, it should be a good position to contend in that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now they will they seem like they might fall short this year. Okay. I don't know. Um, let me go through we already are regressing so bounce back candidate. Bounce back candidates I think will be I think will be AJ Burnett. Coming back to uh, Pittsburgh yeah. after his year in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some good years in Pittsburgh and then went to Philly. And 
start to crash and burn. I think he'll, uh, he's got one last good run. Um, man, I think he might be right. I can't really see anybody that I feel like. I'm going Francisco Liriano. Last year, we talk about wins, he went 7 and 10. But his ERA was only 3.38. So he had a lot of bad luck. Yeah, he got really unlucky last year. I think he'll, back, he'll bounce back and give them a good 180 to almost 200 innings. I never expect Liriano to go 200 innings because his elbow will just give out. Uh, but I think he'll, his ERA will be around 350 and will win about 12 to 15 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, regression breakout player. Starting one today. What, did you draft him? You said that really fast. No, I did. I, I didn't draft him this year, but I've been thinking about this guy. I think he's had some good years his first two years up, and I think he's really going to explode this year. I'm going to the other side, and I'm picking Gregory Polanco. Another guy that's a breakout candidate. Might hit 260, but he can hit 25 to 30 home runs. Yeah. Be a fortunate outfield. Uh, towel toss player. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it's, it's already started with the injury. Although, you might say Garrett Cole. I think in another year. But I think I think he breaks out the aces and that. But I feel like if McCutcheon goes down... All hell break loose. Um, keep on going. Over under for the Pittsburgh Pirates is 84 and a half. Or you got I'll say over, but just barely. I agree with you. I'm also going over. So I, I think they're due for a regression, and they're and that would be less than 88 wins. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think they're yeah, they still good enough to get over 40, 84. Uh, what's your bold prediction? Uh, Scarlett Martin is the stolen base title. Okay. You want to hear mine? Sure. Stand up. Stand up? Stand up. Okay. I'm standing up. I need you to be seated, seated now. I want you to sit down for the shocking news. Okay. Pittsburgh Pirates win the NL Central. Wow. Okay. Even with that pitching. Even with that. Because we're about to go to St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about their pitching in a minute. But I think uh, the Pirates have them put together this season where they're, they're going to win 92 to 93 games. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm high on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Some people might think I'm high on other things. Yeah, but you're just high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm up on the Pirates. You know, I can't remember who it was, one ESPN writers. I think it was Buster only. Pick them to win the World Series. I'm not going that that, but You're I think not that high. I'm not that high. I'm, <laughs> yes, I am. But I'm not going to pick them to uh, win the World Series. I think they're going to win this uh, division. Add and subtractions. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, the big thing they did was trade away Shelby Miller. For Jason Hayward and Jordan Walden, uh, exercise a five hundred thousand dollar option on John Lackey for two thousand fifteen. Uh, Signed a one year deal for Justin Masterson, and then 
here comes a bunch of arbitration. John Jay, two-year deal for a little bit under eleven million dollars. Cardinals Villanueva signed one year, two point two one year, two million dollars. Peter Borders one year, one point six. Lance years Lance Lynn signed a three year, two hundred and I'm sorry, three year, twenty three point five million dollar contract. That period is not where it's supposed to be. Uh, they lost Daniel uh, Del Calso, Mark Reynolds. Shane Robinson, gong, gong, gong. Just run. And Mark Ellis retired. And in a uh, uh, non baseball related way, but in a really sad way, they also lost Oscar Tavares. Yes, lost him over the offseason in a, let's just call it what it is, a drunk driving accident. Yeah. Like, took, they claimed the life of both him and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Gone too soon. Yeah, gone too soon. Just promising one player. So, uh, I don't know. This team, I mean, they just seem like they always find a way to get it done. That's true. I agree. But, you know, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching. Can we talk about the Cardinals pitching? Um, well, Wainwright's having some problems, looks like. As a as a fantasy owner had Wainwright last year, he was breaking down last year. Yeah. Lance Lynn is hurt. John Lackey is John Lackey. Sure. Michael Walker was kinda ineffective for a period last year. Yeah. He's still young, you don't know what you get all the time. And their fifth starter looks like it's gonna be either Carlos Martinez, who lost you a bet last year. Yeah. And it was really ineffective in the bullpen, so I don't know how well he's gonna work as a starter. Or Ready for this? Jamie Garcia, who hasn't been an effective pitcher for going on two years now. Yeah, at least. Um, so I understand when we talked about the Pirates earlier, you said that you questioned their pitching. I really question their pitching going on in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, no, I think I'm a little more confident with them just because of guys like Waka. Um, and uh, I think Martinez has, the, he's got the tools to put it together. Um, you got a couple young guys like that who can make an impact. I, I'd take my chances with this team. And that bullpen is always pretty good. Last year, Carlos Martinez, ERA of 4.03. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that bad? It ain't good. It's not great. I'm just saying. We talk about the Pirates have questions, so do the Cardinals. Uh, Any burning questions that you have? Um, no. <laughs> no, I think I, they just feel so standard and just so. Um, Spurs like in their ooh that is a great comparison in their way that they just get the job done and get to the playoffs every year. There's really nothing, nothing to really stew over. You know, I'm looking at this team and I see a lot of names that I know, but there's no like superstar player. Yeah, I um, guess you would say Matt Yadier Holiday. Molina. I wouldn't even say Matt Holiday. He's paid like one, but he he doesn't hit like one anymore. Yeah. 
uh, Matt Adams, um, Colton Wong, Johnny Peralta. Johnny Peralta, still in the league, folks. Uh, we just talked about this guy a couple seconds ago, Matt Carpenter, Holiday, Hayward, John Jay. I mean, I think Hayward's going to break out of here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no like real evidence. I just feel like getting away from Atlanta. Get away from Atlanta. It's yeah. a fresh start. It's a better lineup. Yeah. I was going to say, hold up, better lineup, but then I remember Atlanta traded everybody away. <laughs> you have no burning questions about the you like, this is so spurred. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I still think the Cardinals are going to make the wild card. They're going to grab one of the wild card. I just think the Pirates will surpass them this year. Is the NL Central the weakest division in the, in the National League this year? Good question. Hmm. It seems like it. Would you... I can't say yes as long as the Pirates still play in the NL East. I mean, the uh, Phillies play in the NL East. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they're up there. They're, they're not a good team. I mean, it's not a good division. No. At the bottom. And at the moment, but a year or two, I think it'll go right back up to getting that powerhouse division. Let me. I'm checking the records uh, on Fangraphs what each team is predicted to be, and the team with the worst record, or as far as wins, the the division with the worst wins. Yeah, it's the NL East. Having the Braves and the Phillies really brings them down. Braves are, I mean, Braves are predicted to win 73 games, Phillies 68. In the NL Central, it has Cardinals 88, Pirates 85, Cubs 84, Brewers 79, Reds 75. Okay, so not quite, but I guess just the most, seems like the most boring division. That's why you got to jump on with that Pirates bandwagon. <laughs> got to jump on the boat. The boats have horns. This one does. Choo-choo. Jump on the boat, son. But you're taking the obvious. I can't blame you. Like you said, they're the Spurs. Of the National League. Yeah, they just keep churning out division titles and World Series titles. You know, even when they lose... The guy who was at the time the best player in the game and our full host. Yeah. Uh, let's go through bounce back player. I have to go back to the depth chart. Um, Hayward, I guess. <laughs> I guess he's due for a bounce back. Man, it's weird to say Hayward because he really hasn't had a great offensive year since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. That's a long time for a bounce back, like I say. Uh, I might have to agree with you. Yeah, I'm done with you. I I was going to pick up a breakout, but he's a little too old to be the breakout player. Either him or or Yadier, who missed a lot of time for last year. Did he now? Played 110 games, 282 batting average, 7 home runs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
For a regression candidate. Gosh. I got two on the line. This Matt Adams. How old am I? I don't know. Matt Adams hit 15 home runs last year. You know who else talking to a hit board today? Christian when he drafted him last year. Did not work out well for him. Um, gosh, I don't know who picked this one regression. Maybe Kyle Holiday just because uh, you're older. He's the veteran in that lineup. Let's see. One, one year older, veteran in the lineup. Injury risk. You know who I'm going? Wayne right? You got it. <laughs> You know, how many Indians did he pitch last year? 200. 227. Wow. And he was impressive. His ERA was 2.38. There's no way he's not going to regress <laughs> getting a year older after pitching that many games last year. He's a workhorse. Yeah, he's a workhorse. But you know what happened to workhorses? They break down. <laughs> it happens to everything. Yep. So I just think he's a prime candidate for regression on this team. Uh, after regression, it is breakout player. Colt Wong. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he's that fast, too. Full-time second baseman, um, full season at second base in the big leagues. Well, he paid 113 games last year. Yeah. But he'll start this season. Say, so, yeah, but still. Just one time. Yeah, but still. <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's capable of hitting 20-plus home runs at second base. It's that's a nice. That's a nice combo. <laughs> Were you trying to go? That's a nice spicy. Oh. I want to say Jamie Garcia, but I can't really trust him to stay healthy for the entire year. He's had some good years already. You're right. Yeah, I like mean Garcia. It's what I say it is. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to also pick Colt Wong. Because, again, there's not that many young people on this thing. Yeah. Uh, Towel toss player. Wainwright. I'll go on Yadier. Another, just like Lucroy, a guy who makes the pitcher so much better with his pitch framing, mm-hmm. that they lose him. I think Ringwright will be able to survive. It's just those young guys I would not trust. Sure. Like uh, Lynn and Walker. What was your nickname for Walker? Walker, Walker. Walker? Walker, Walker Flame, y'all. All right. Over under for the St. Louis Cardinals. 88 and a half wins. Just barely over. It's like 90. Because we both went under with the Reds. I went over with the Cubs and you went under. Lewis, I went under and you went over. Uh, I'm going under. I said they went 86, 87 games. And it's barely missing. 
people prediction that they're not going to win the division? Well, <laughs> um, that's already gone. Uh, man, there's like so many predictions you make for Jason Hayward, but they wouldn't be that bold. Then he breaks out this year because I feel like everybody in the industry is predicting that. Mm-hmm. So I have to need to find another player and I feel like I'm gonna break out. Or I'll, I'll predict Matt Adams hits 40 home runs. Whoa! Say what now? 40 home runs. 4-0. 4-0. Oh, hold on. I, I want to see how many he's hit in his career. In his career. How many does he hit? How long has he been in the league? He has been in the league one, two, three years. How many games has he played total? Total 277. You're asking too many questions. Uh, he's hit 44 home runs. In total, he has hit 34 home runs. That is a bold prediction. You're predicting this guy to hit more home runs this year than he's hit in his entire career. Yep. Sticking to it. All right. My bold prediction, Jamie Garcia stays in the rotation the entire year and wins 18-plus games. Wow. Okay. That is very bold. I like it. That was not as bold as my virus prediction, where you literally stood up Sat down and stood up again in shock. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, oh no. Alright, we're an hour and a half and fifty. We wrap up. Alright, anything you want to say to you people? Thank you as always for tuning in. Thanks for all the love and support. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at Ant underscore Garcia two eighty eight. Follow me at DQ three two seven. Which I believe I'm going to change before the baseball season starts. Make them recognize uh, the 288 namesake in my Twitter handle. And also follow them the main site at 288 underscore. And also subscribe on iTunes. Yes, we're on iTunes. Give me the perfect one. Thank you. Alright, we're golden. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies. <laughs>